I can't wait. And we're going to see what's down there one day, man. You, I know. You know he's giving, oh. gifts, giving gifts that just give on for the rest of lives. Man, he's going to give us a gift one day. I guarantee it. Hopefully, hopefully, Wags, it's not like the governor, man. That Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, man. I can't get that out of my head. Did you see that? Mm, no. Oh man, it, it's no. got to be in there somewhere. It, it's got to be in there somewhere. Go, go, go check that out. Uh, it, it's a video cut uh, that we have in here. And yes, this is a this is a race T-shirt. If that's what you're talking about. No, I think they're talking about the the white light behind you reflecting off of. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, that's I'm, all right. It's not a big deal. Like if I can handle it, I think everybody else can handle it. Oh. I'm the one that's talking here, man. Oh, that's that's a uh, that's daylight savings time right there. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's the window. That's the window outside. Like you want to light like that if you're locked in the cell, man. What the yeah, hell is going on with you? How was your Monday night, dude? Man, you know, I sat there and I was all excited, ready to watch a Monday night football game. And here come the Jets back uh, to and crashing back to normal. And then, uh, so, so did you see that Aaron Rodgers says he's just weeks away, dude? He's just weeks yeah, away from so, coming back. And, and I wanted to bring this up too. Like, you know, I wanted to get everybody's opinion in chat and everybody that's listening on the Coda text line 512-222-9328. Make sure that you find uh, myself and Rodney Rodriguez on your social platforms. I am at not the fake wags and Rodney is at the Rodney R on uh, X or Twitter, whichever you want to call it on Instagram. Rodney's at the underscore Rodney R and I am at the Wagner wire, but I wanted to get your all's opinions here and weigh in. Um, it seems that not just injuries, but focused injuries on Achilles, right? Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of Achilles ruptures and tears this season in the NFL. Uh, Maybe it's time I, now. I know I know that there is astroturf almost everywhere, but and and you you know, uh -huh. old school guys and pure heads bring the grass back, man. Bring the grass back, get off of this pellets and and fake grass, plastic grass stuff. I get it, right? Like, and plus, naturally, I think the ground's a little bit softer, and and yeah. you know, just in my opinion, anyways. Um, anyhow. A lot of Achilles ruptures. I wonder how much of that is due to natural turf or due to artificial turf. I mean, and it seems like, you know, we haven't just been playing on artificial turf just this year. And I don't no. think there's been a change in the product of artificial turf or whatnot. Um, it just seems very abnormal or just outrageous to see this many injuries with specified injuries of Achilles heels. I mean, we got J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who was uh, the dude that just ruptured the Achilles? Um, who's the dude that just ruptured the Achilles heel? What your guy, what's wrong with Danny Dimes? What what he? Oh, he's ACL. He, oh, he's he ACL. Yeah. Well, even but that. I mean, even another that. I, I forget. Somebody just had a damn Achilles yeah, rupture. Yeah, there, there was somebody else. You know, I, I think a lot of that is because when you really look at that, I mean, because and the weird thing is, like, even a lot of the high school stadiums now, you you go and you walk out on that field, and it's not so much the turf. You know, it, it's it's the the base of it. Uh, I mean, the base of it, it's concrete, man. Uh, I mean, that is that is a very solid base. And and when Temper. you start thinking, yeah, that's right. Temper. So when you start thinking about that, when you're planning and uh, planting and doing all the different things that you do right there, uh, I mean, you you. Are, you are solid. I mean, you are solid when that happens right there. Think a lot more running backs would have this injury, right? I mean, yeah, you would think so. You would. Well, think I, don't know. So. I mean, the quarterbacks dropping back. You know, you got a three-step drop backs. You got your fives, and then you know, rolling out trying to extend a play. Yeah, there's a lot of movement there on that heel. But damn, dude. Yep. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, I've had this conversation. I think you know, you remember our man Jeff Power uh, that worked with us at yeah, Ike, Jeff Power. Yeah. So 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 that dude, he works for 
I, I won't say the name of the place, you know, because because they're not paying for advertising. Who gives a shit? Why you gotta make everything? Don't make it so awkward. Just say the damn name. We don't care. Well, no. If, if I'm gonna say their name, Wags, they need to be paying us. You know what I'm I saying? Feel you. Hella, I feel Hellas you. Construction. Hellas Construction. There you go. They go out and they, and they go out and they and they do they do field turf on all of these major stadiums around the uh, around the state. I mean, around the country. And the, he says that comes up a lot to where it's like, well, you know, should we do this? And and I'll tell you what I miss more about the about the natural or uh, natural grass na natural whatever you want to call it is that that's where when you get the weather involved i mean whether it's a little muddy yeah you know a little a little moisture yeah, in the ground that's what oh, football man. is supposed to be man oh, dude i love that yeah, that's, that's the part that i miss you know you I grew see up in a, the northeast man that's how it's supposed oh, to like man. football you see, supposed this to be. Blazing, you see this blazing tackle and this dude goes sliding along the ground and he gets up and there there's there's no green there's no brown. There's nothing. I'm like, man, let, let's get back to And even the baseball fields are like that now. And I totally get it. I would say that that it's more uh, uh, cost conducive, I would say, you know, the initial. Yeah, not just that, like with water too, right? Like it's hard to keep the grass completely hydrated and whatnot or the soil completely hydrated, especially down here. If you're going to try and do natural grass down here, that's just going to be a disaster. I can't even keep my backyard hydrated and it's what? Mm -hmm. It, it's got it's got a pretty decent shade, man. We got some decent shade in our backyard, and it's still like every other Texas yard, unless you have the water on constantly, like a damn golf course. It's just it's fried. So yeah, and the bad part is the bad part is you know because now with the water watering restrictions, um, it's like every year um, I get a, I, I get a letter from from the city of Round Rock where it's like, hey, we've noticed your watering is a little. I'm like, oh, okay, so. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, I I really do wish that we could go back to natural surfaces. Natural um, turf, baby. Oh, I know, man. And th the cool thing is, like with the baseball fields, like with the baseball fields, is like you go out and you see them working. You know, if if, if the infield isn't uh, artificial turf, you see them like working the dirt, and it's like, okay, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that that's pretty cool right there. But crew uh, managers, man, I used to love that. So I used to be the one volunteering at the end of the games oh, to to rechalk the rechalk the fields and everything, man. Yeah, that, I, that, I, for some reason, that, it was just very. Um, it was just very rewarding to me to be able to, to make that straight line going down the first and then to rake the dam. And I would, I mean, sure, like I would, you know, stop doing one line and then let other people do it and everything yeah. too and then rake the rest of the field. But man, yeah. what a great scheme that is for a little yeah. league coach. Hey, guys, you want to do the field? I, You know, that is completely on the little league, man. But that is yeah. where you or the little league coach, but that is where you learn supervision, man. That is where you learn how to supervise all these little munchkins on how to do a couple of tasks and a couple of chores, yeah. project management together, man. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably one of my first ones, dude. Dude, it, it was always it was always cool, like when I would do a lot of high school baseball broadcasts, you know, where, where you had the infield was still dirt. And, you know, th these teams th – these teams – they, they in Vegas have grass, and they're that's in, that's yeah. in the mid-desert, man. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that water bill. But like th these teams will get done. These teams will get done with a baseball game, and I'd be out there bullshitting with the coach. You know, maybe doing a post game interview, whatever the thing is. And all these kids would come around, and he'd be like, "You need to get out there and rake the field. Go work the infield." And it's like you see these kids out there. You know, kid hit a grand slam home run. One of the best hitters I've ever seen in Central Texas. He's out there raking dirt, <laughs> moving shit around. They're right. I'm like, man, that that is super cool, man. Damn right. We got a lot of sound to hear from uh, Coach uh, Sark here. We will get into that. We'll get into a lot of Longhorn talk here. But we had some Monday Night Football. Did you watch that stinker last night? 
I watched a little bit of it. Did uh, you, then, you, then you watch the Longhorn basketball game? I, I flipped over and I was kind of going back and forth of doing all of that. I I was doing revved up last night. So it was, you know, a lot of sugar, uh, man. You, see, when I say, Hey, how was your Monday night? That is, that is when you say revved up was fantastic. Wes. Dude, let me, t- let me tell you what I had last night on revved up. So last night I had, I had the winning crew chief from the NASCAR Xfinity series, Rich Lucia's. He joined uh, and was walking me through everything that they did. I mean, it's really compelling stuff. And then I had um, I had another dude that actually grew up in San Antonio, and he is now a part of uh, – I, I take that back. Lucia's works for the truck team. Yeah. Um, my man Matthew Kemp grew up in San Antonio, used to race in, in, in one of the entry-level classes in Kyle. He now works for the championship Xfinity team. And we were just sitting there hey talking. And it was a great program, dude. It was a great program. And where can we find that conversation at? Uh, you can actually find that at revedupsportshow.com. Boom, so, man. And all uh, you and everywhere you will listen to your podcast, I believe. That's right. Correct? Monday night, 630. Hit, yeah, yeah, man. Hit every podcast provider. It's all there. And um, and that's the thing. I think that's what's cool about you and I, Wags, that we do this, you know, with with, with what you do with the Wagner Wire, with what I do there with Revved Up and Dirty Air, man. We And, and then then we circle around during the week and we're sitting over here talking about all the, dude, all the other sports, man. I just like to talk. That's that's the thing. I just like to have a conversation. I mean, especially, you know, since the pandemic and whatnot, you know, people came a little bit more introverted, right? Like, I'm not saying that I'm an introverted dude, but I became very comfortable in my house. Um, yep. During the pandemic, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I made sure that I had everything I needed because pe- things were taken away from us. I, we couldn't go to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. We couldn't go. So I made sure that I got a bike. Like, a, I bought myself, like, a really good mountain bike and a really good road bike. Um, I, uh, you know, we bought ourselves a home gym because we, you know, we gave up our, our, you know, what gym memberships at life, where was she at lifetime? We were at lifetime. So we gave up the membership there and then hell, we just invested into actual home equipment, man. We turned our garage into a damn fitness place, a fitness center. We got a, you know, a, one of those mountain climbing thing. What's that called? An elliptus? Yeah, elliptical. elliptical. An elliptical machine? Yeah, elliptus. An elliptical machine? <laughs> we got an shit. elliptical machine, man. We got we got exercise equipment. We got, um, you know, kayaks and shit to go out on the water. I mean, we're not going to rely on people for others for our fitness. You know, we we're going to be able to do our own fitness. So, you, you and that's kind of what we what we turned in. You know, to to every we turned our you know our house into a, a damn studio, man. I don't have to go anywhere, dude. That's why. That's- I know, dude. It's like I have to jump out of here and go do some sales calls every now and then. And it's like, dang it. I got to I have to put on, you know, have to get dressed, have to comb my hair. I have to do all this stuff. I still still like to have the conversation, though, man. I like to go out and and talk to people. But I ran into a dude over the weekend. And this is actually a great I don't even know where this is going. But here we go. Chaos theory, baby. Chaos theory. And we were talking, and he was telling me about, you know, because he was talking about Texas Sports Unfiltered. And he was talking about, you know, how it seems like a lot of the, whether it's a terrestrial radio station or whatever it is, how they're all doing this stuff that we're doing right now. And it's like, you know, it's it's really cool to hear you guys and listen to you guys. But the way that to, to see us in our comfort zone, he was talking about our show. Because right. it was a revved up ATX listener, and and he would also dive into your show on Sundays at the other place. And he's like, "It's really cool to see you guys every day, just kind of in your in, in your comfort zone right there." And right. and 
that that that's kind of a COVID thing to me because we're, we're in our comfort zone. It seems like no one hundred, but also like from a monetary standpoint too. I just think it makes more sense, right? Like we, yeah. everybody makes more money this way. Um, when you really break it down, dude, uh, we're not given money that should be going to us anyways to a place to just put our voice on the air when all you have to do is just push a button when it could mm -hmm. be free. You know what I mean? So. Everybody just is a lot more happier. Um, there's not much, you know, it, it felt like radio when my first perception or my first observation of radio, it felt like a lot of people were pulling people down to get to the top because there just weren't enough spots. There weren't enough avenues of approach. Yeah, I, I, that that's not a vibe here. You know what I mean? So it's it's a really refreshing. Oh, it's just a really refreshing uh, take on on being able to be talent or or in well, this industry. So I don't know. I, I like I like the whole streaming thing a lot more better than just being on uh, on air. I get a lot more money this way. <laughs> well, and I have to tell you, one one of the cool things for me because it, it, it man, I've been a streamer for so long, and and I mean, I'm talking back into the. 2008s and nines when like high school stuff was just starting to stream and people didn't really know what any of that the gestation was. of right of right right like and, and it was always a goal going. yeah and, and with racing i mean i really think that, that that racing was something where streaming became uh vastly um a, a part of streaming because just how easy it was because there's always that shit every day but it was always a goal for me to be on the radio and i value that time and and, and of Same course here. yeah same yeah, here. Like I, I thought, like radio was the was the right, top. Like that right. was it was always you know, that was the ladder to climb. Yeah, man. And it was, and of course, I, you never rule anything out. I, I mean, I would do it again given the opportunity if it was the right opportunity. But it's so funny. Not enough money. There's not enough money. That's the thing. Like for me, there's not enough money in it. And now that I'm in software and tech, like yeah. there's I, there's no chance in hell I'm going back. There's just and, not. It, and it's so funny now for me that you know coming full circle all these years 15 18 years whatever it's been it all comes full circle i got to do that radio thing i learned a lot there from guys like you and and now here i am again doing what i was doing way the hell back then and i'm making i'm doing much better on the financial side with this and i'm loving what i'm doing so it's, it's, it's also about the crew that you're with too right you know what well, i mean it's, it's about the crew that we've assembled uh bk being part. able to be like voltron here and make sure this thing is is just put with uh, nothing but championship caliber you know, telling around, dude. And we all have fun. We all like to have fun together. And, right. and uh, you know, Bucky's antics, my antics, your antics, and the rest of the crew, I think, hell, man, one hell of a, a dynamic team. team, that's for sure. Let's get into some Monday Night Football. I know it was uh, almost like, you know, Division Three college football, you could probably argue. It was it was terrible football last night. Um, thought we were going to get something really cool. I mean, start <laughs> – Started off with a punt return. You know, I thought maybe, you know, Monday Night Football was going to be electric. Old school Monday Night Football, right? And then, you know, after the first quarter, Rodney, just oh, Aaron Rodgers in the building like you were talking about, walking around without a crutch or without any aid of assistance, man. Uh, how long is it until he's going to be able, like realistically, what's the realistic timetable until Aaron Rodgers is able to return here and then come back and help the Jets out? I mean, you look at Robert Salah on the sideline. his his path of emotion from preseason to right now. I mean, somebody <laughs> check on my guy, man, because he's he's hurting, dude. He's just that blank thousand yard stare when wow. when you're supposed to be really observing, you know, what's on the gridiron there, man. It it looks bad. It looks very somber for the New York Green. That's that's all I gotta say, man. It was bad football last night. 
And that's that's kind of the the tough part for him. I mean, because they really did. I mean, they they assembled they assembled a team that like you're talking about, like talking about team, and we are all about team. You assemble a team that's really made to do one, uh, really made to do great things, but you have one little piece of the pie, and one huge cog in the wheel that goes down. And and I mean, a lot of this when I say this and I read stuff where it's like, well, if Aaron Rodgers hadn't gone down, where would the? I mean, we don't know. Yes, that's a, that's a huge hypothetical question. I mean, everybody thought that this team would be pushing, you know, for an AFC contention, right? Or, you know, at least be, you know, pushing up against the Chiefs to, to go to the Super Bowl here. I don't know if that's the case anymore, man. That's my question to you, Double R. Like, how much, how much wins or how many wins do you get just from having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? And I know two years removed from MVP caliber play, but still, man, that's. That's a lot to put on this dude, and it looks like there's a lot more holes than just the quarterback play, or or is the quarterback play that tumultuous with Zach Wilson? I, I really think that's the thing. And the other thing that I go back, I, I mean, I, I think this is a 11, 12 win football team with Aaron Rodgers because I mean he does he 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 does that division has gotten. I mean, you got Miami. That, that, now that is true. Besides yeah. Miami, that division, and it yeah. looks like I mean the buff. Buffalo looked decent. They had some uh, moments, but still got still got whooped up on by Cincinnati, right? Um, very susceptible. They're very susceptible. But here's the Buffalo's, other. Here's, Buffalo's window is very, very short. Very reduced. It is very reduced. Yeah. But I, I go back to what, what the Jet, this Jets defense. I mean, in that game last night, I mean, that defense did everything they could. I mean, to keep the Jets in the game, but you just didn't have anything, you know, with, and I mean, you can't put all this on, on Zach Wilson. I, I mean, it's like, you can put a lot it, of it. You can put a lot well, of it. You know, I know. I mean, you couldn't and run the ball either. Grease Hall couldn't get going. I mean, they, like the Jets just couldn't do a damn thing. They were very lethargic on offense last night. And when they, they rely so much on that defense, Rodney, I mean, hell, mm -hmm. it, it and the defense kept the you know kept the charges in check for the most point. They get a score from special teams. There was just very bad you know inept football all over from the New York Jets last night. Um, except for their defense, their defense was kind of like their only shiny thing. However, they lost the damn game. Um, what Herbert you know throwing for you know you got a quarterback on the opposition like Herbert that's throwing 136 you know, yards, <laughs> 136. I, I call that a victory, man. Yeah. I call that you know Eckler, Eckler you know getting less than than 50 yards but still being able to beat you up inside of the goal line like that's the thing like you got to be able to take care of the little thing we talk about that all the time little things if you if you do the little things right the big things just naturally win it's it's kind of back to that whole thing that we were talking about yesterday about winning ugly yeah 20 27 to 7 yeah chargers kicked their ass that's an ugly win that's an ugly win. And and how about how about uh, I mean think about this. And I heard I heard mention to this last night at one point when I was watching the game. How about if you're Garrett Wilson and you survive you, you went through everything that you did last year and okay, here comes Aaron Rodgers and he's going this is going to be that's going to the, the dude that's going to elevate your game and he's going to make you an elite receiver in the league or whatever. And here you are uh what four, five, six uh, plays into the season, boom, you're right back to the same shit you were in last well, I mean year. <laughs> yeah, but you know, to, to Wilson's credit, to a testament of his character, man, he's still being able to, you know, to, to produce. I mean, seven yeah. receptions, uh, you know, 80, 80 yards, yeah, 80 yards. You'd like to think there'd just be a little bit more distribution around there from Zach Wilson, right? When you're honing in on, on Garrett Wilson, and I, I get it, like, he's an easy target to hone in on, but you got to utilize the rest of your roster, right? You got to get that, what the, the wide receiver room involved, man. And maybe, 
maybe with that balance opens up the rest or unlocks the rest of your offense because that offense can be can be productive it, but it appears that you do need a different quarterback at the helm that's for sure rodney all right enough of monday night football let's get into uh the longhorn talk man um we you know got into a little bit of it you know yesterday but we didn't get to re really to, to break it down as much as possible or, or i didn't maybe you continued to go on i had a lot going on with uh with the other stuff um in the video game world yesterday so anyways i didn't i wasn't able to really get an update on Sar, you know from sarkeesian on yours i'd like to hear from uh sarkeesian on that today uh we got some opening thoughts on tcu uh, from sarkeesian that we'll get into and dissect and uh also man um we got to go back and, and talk about cj baxter you know cj baxter had a very impressive day in spell because it looked like jonathan brooks got banged up i don't know if he you know, knocked up, you know, something in his foot or one of his wheels just got banged up a little bit there, but he was still able to to play throughout the game yeah. and uh, still be a dominant force, man. And it continues, the trend continues to, to happen, Rodney. Jonathan Brooks continues to get stronger as the game goes on. And I do believe it is by design because of Sarkeesian being able to just come out with such high tempo offense and then lean on the running back and, what in the, the latter portions of the game around like the, the mid of the third quarter and then that running attack really start to take take place and evolve in the in the fourth quarter um almost derrick henry-esque yeah. um i won't call him the derrick henry of of college football right now but damn jonathan brooks is being able to to run like a horse man that's for sure and then when you when you are able to switch pace and spell it up with cj baxter man that's one hell of a dynamic duo and we talk about it a lot you need the dynamic duo. You need the change of pace in the backfield because it does unlock the rest of your offense and allow you to get vertical. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was talking to BK yesterday when we did the eleven o'clock hour, and, and you'll be doing that with him today. So you folks hang around because you'll have Wags and BK coming up, aren't you? I don't think so. Oh, was I? Okay, I, I don't know. If uh, I am, I'm going to we'll, have to ask you to fill in for me, and I'll do we'll, it on. We'll, uh, we'll, and I'll we'll do it on Wednesday. That. Uh, we'll we'll right. table that. Um, but one of the one of the coolest because I got a doctor's appointment. So, <laughs> uh oh, are you going to get a? Are you going to have to go? <laughs> no, I'm not around that time yet. I'm not around uh, that time yet. Um, I, I'm I'm close, man. I'm close the, to where I gotta. Yeah, gotta have an uncomfortable visit. But man, I, I mean, I gotta, I'm not around that time the, just yet. Dude. I gotta have the other one, dude. I gotta have the other one. I went to my doctor, and he's like, "You haven't had the." The one no, the that's what I'm talking about. That's the uncomfortable. I mean, you can oh. you can feel my bad boys all you want, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I ain't, I ain't yeah. got a problem with that. But man, the other thing, oh yeah. no, I ain't got a problem. Yeah. Nah, like, I, yeah, I, you, I just don't do go, that. You go ahead and you go ahead and check these boulders out and see what you think. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but uh, the the fourth down the fourth down play with the uh, with the pitch to to CJ Baxter, man, that that right there was a thing of beauty. And, you like that play, huh? I love that play. Dude. Good ingenuity, it, good design. Um, a lot can go wrong on that, though. You know I what know. I mean? Like, but it was and worth the risk. It was worth that, the risk, it, and you could argue that was pivotal play and kind of gave us a lot of momentum moving forward, or at least a good amount of momentum to be able to harness enough energy to hold off a team and put us into overtime, and allow and instead of allowing that team to win in regulation. And you know that that's where it's so funny because I'm sitting here applauding what a great play call that is. But how many times have we all gotten on here and said, "Don't be doing all this fancy shit. Yeah. Just run it up the gut. Just run it in the heart. Great play call." <laughs> I tell you, man. It, uh, but but you're exactly right. And we and we talked about this yesterday as well. To where I thought it was a great 
I thought it was a great game that the game plan. That Tark first was half, first half looked fantastic. He laid first on the half looked looked one hell. It looked like he was. I don't know if if he had just like a longer script or whatever, mm-hmm. but it looked like everything went to plan went according to plan for Coach Sark. Um, yeah. and then when you got to improvise or go off script, that's when I, I think that we still see these same mistakes or same like just little false or hiccups here, Rodney, to where, Hey man, you got to be able to, to adapt, improvise and, and be able to play on, you know, just off flow of the game instead of what's on the script, man. That's just my opinion. I could absolutely, I hope, I hope I am wrong, right? I hope I'm absolutely wrong. And he's just doing what the defense gives him. Well, and that's so part of that, right? You know what I mean? Cause that's what, that's what he says all the time. So, and that, that really seems to be where, uh, I mean, you go and you look at that first, the first, first quarter, I guess, as we would say it into the middle portions of the second quarter to where that's when Malik was really good. And that's all of that scripted stuff. It came to, and again, we, we have to remember this is the second team quarterback. He had one game. Um, the, the, yeah, taking all the reps, you can talk about whatever, but, but man, when you get, when you get off of the plan shit, that's where it gets a little more extemporaneous. That that's when it gets a little more on the fly, whatever you want to call it. That's when that stuff starts happening. And, and that's when you're going to stub your toe. That's when you're going to look a little uneasy, but I, I tell you, Wags, the only thing, and I, I don't know if we can listen to some of the sound, you know, there from, from, from Sark coming up, but I, I don't know when yours is coming back. I would say maybe for Iowa state, but the whole thing is, man, it, it's I would, I would be, guess, I would guess three. I mean, to be safe, Rodney, three weeks, three more weeks. To be I, safe, I think you don't dude. rush him at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean why? Why? Why rush him? Yeah, but you know, it's just some of the, I mean, just some of the throws, man. And, and you know that that's in our group text where we go back and forth. It's like, oh man, why why are you doing that? And but maybe, then, but then he makes throws that that I looks know. like he should be playing on Sunday. So you know, know what I mean? Like, so, so it's there. Like you know, the talent is there. The and and I love the way that he goes through progressions and and he hits a goddamn. Excuse me. Sorry for taking the Lord's name in vain, but he but he takes a check down. You know what I mean? Like he actually uses a check down, man, which is which is very refreshing. And when 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 Ewers comes back, I pray that he does this. I pray that he actually uses utilizes his running backs because the running backs can be so lethal out of the backfield, man. You can turn a five yard gain into twenty five. That's what other teams do so much so much better than we do, man. We need to utilize our running backs way more in the attack, man. Uh, or, that's, that's or or maybe. Wags, or, maybe, or maybe that tied in. Shit, yeah. you saw Dude's what happened when you got him involved. You saw Whittington able to be uh, be able to get busy across the middle like that. Why only go to these teams, or why only go to these two across the middle in certain situations? Right? I think that middle is very vulnerable. Hell, it's not just vulnerable for the Longhorns; it's vulnerable for every defense, man. Like uh, fifteen yards and in the middle is is a very tough pocket yes. to cover, especially yes. when you're in zone. Right? If they're not man enough. If the, or, or how about this? If they're manning up on you, run some crossing routes over the middle. You know, get yeah. some free, get some free receivers that way. And if they're in zone, run run fifteen yard uh, crosses over the middle, man. A little you, wiggle. You usually don't get that many disciplined linebackers that's able to get back into their drops and run hook the curl routes, man. That's that's just from officer. Everybody sees this thing, right? Like I'm not the only one that watches this on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And, and the whole thing is, I mean, when you get in trouble like that, you know, when, when he's back there, when the pressure's coming, I mean, I don't care who we're playing um, or who they're playing, whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't really want him running, especially in this situation. If he were the obvious QB one, yes, 
go ahead and run. But I mean, I, I don't think that he needs to be using the legs. Here's where he needs to be using the legs because there is obviously, and here oh, we I don't go. Think he's a running quarterback. I don't think Malik's a running quarterback, man. Well, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think that he would be really good at. And I'm going to really get your blood pressure going right here is that when you get in that red zone where you seem to not be able to do shit when you're on the goal line, let this dude just lay over for three yards. I mean, this, this big ass dude, are you kidding? I mean, yeah, I mean that's yeah. I've been you, preaching to the choir about that. And now you are too, man. You know, just have that guy fall forward. Loads of ass is what I like to say. And what um Jake says here, yeah, I don't. We don't use the middle of the field. No, nowhere near enough, man. We do not. We we don't attack the middle. We just don't. We attack the flats. We attack the uh. We attack the the sidelines and we attack the deep out or the deep vertical seams. We we hardly ever go after the middle of the field, man. I'd love to see that more often. I really and, and would. I, I mean, I, and I think it would. I think it would really unlock the rest of our offense up. I I firmly believe that. We got some more, or we have some sound that we'll hear from Sarkeesian. Um, we talked about it a little bit. You know how he did in spell of Jonathan Brooks. Here is uh, some sound on CJ or from Sarkeesian on CJ Baxter. Big confidence booster for said. You know he's getting healthier and healthier. Um, it's a it's been a really good one two punch here for the last couple weeks. Uh, even today, you know, Jonathan got a little banged up earlier in the game and, and said got a, got a little bit more extended time. Um, you know, anytime you have two rushers basically go for 100 yards each, that, that's, a, that's a great thing for us moving forward. And um, I, I know that that was a position that was a question mark for us coming into the year, you know, when Bijan and Roshan moved on. And now here's, here's Jonathan and here's uh, Cedric doing their thing and then – Offsetting that with Keelan and, and Blue, um, th those guys those guys have done a nice job as well. So it's great to have him back. Hmm. Right on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Just I had a text message come up from a doctor appointment. Yeah. I mean, just a reminder. Yeah, that's definitely going on um, at eleven thirty. So I will not be able to fill in today. We'll get all that figured out. We'll get all that figured out. But I mean, that, that that's great conversation right there. And, and, and it really does come down to it at, at this point. And, and that's kind of what I was talking about right there where, you know, with, with the, with the game plan and everything that, that this team actually did and the coaching staff did, I know we always say that Sark did, I, I know it's a, it's a coaching staff game plan, but they really did everything that we wanted them to do. I mean, they really did. I mean, and and kind of the middle, what you were talking about right there. And that's where it gets so weird to me, Wags, because I think part of this, the mindset is with with Sark, with who with with the staff, is like, well, maybe we don't want to utilize the middle uh, all that much all the time because we become predictable. But yet, every week we're on here waiting for the first play of the game, right? <laughs> We don't want to be predictable. I can tell you the first 10 plays that he's going to run, right? But it might be on the other side of the field, but I can tell you the, the you know, the first 10 plays, it's going to come off the script. I think the, the rest of the nation can too, right? And you'd think as a quarterback, Sarkeesian would, would know where the vulnerable spots, the natural vulnerabilities are in the defense, man, especially how to, and he talks, and what, what drives me nuts sometimes, he talks about doing what the defense allows you, right? No, no, stay on the offensive. Be be aggressive. Like when you attack, you make them react to you, yeah, man. And, and don't it's, react to them. That yeah, takes away the advantage of being on offense. You go first. It's one of those things to where it's like uh, you know I, I talk to I talk to a lot of coaches and it's like okay when I draw up an offensive game plan I'm going to do shit to make them fucking stop me. That, I mean that that's the exact words. And and let me tell you 
again, they obviously don't use the middle as much as, as they should. Cause we're, that's been evidently clear right there, but, Every time that you, I mean, I mean, not every time, but percentage wise, and I don't have that percentage for crying out loud, but percentage wise, when you use the middle, it's very fucking effective. And, I and actually had that percentage right here. It's 75.7%. Damn. Look at that. No, I don't. I don't. I'm, well, I'm just giving you, I'm just you giving think you it would be. You would I'm think it would be as numbers, bro. You, um, I mean, let's you, get an injury update from the team here from Sarkeesian. Well, I, I'd say this. I think the thing that was probably the most encouraging thing for me today, everybody practiced. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, we, we've gone about a month now or so where certain guys have been out, certain guys have been limited. Um, the beauty of today's practice, everybody was out there. Catalan was back out there. Crawford was out there. Um, Kelvin was out there. Christian Jones was out there. Uh, so that was real positive. Um, naturally, as the week goes on, we're going to have to monitor all these guys and, and figure out, you know, who can really contribute to the game and then how much and, and what is that going to look like. But for a Monday, for them all to be out there today w- was really, really encouraging for me. And again, this is just other, you know, other sound that I did not get to hear from other uh, from yesterday. I really appreciate you guys sitting through me with it. Here is Sarkeesian though on his thoughts on TCU as we prepare for this week. Obviously, we've got a we've got a tall task Saturday uh, going on the road, night game, primetime game uh, against a good football team that I don't think the record is indicative of of how good they are. They've had a couple tough losses that, you know, could have gone either way. Uh, and then the record looks different. So uh, we got to make sure that we look at the totality of the body of work of, of TCU. Um, they've got really quality players. They've got a veteran defense. Um, they've got athletic quarterbacks. Uh, they've got good schemes. They're really good on special teams. And so we know they'll be ready to play. We know we'll get their best shot. Uh, we need to ensure that, that they get our best shot as well. Yeah. I mean, Sonny Dykes, you know, his team's always going to be up and, and be prepared, right? And we talk about this all the time to exhaustion, almost to nausea here. Everybody mm-hmm. gets up for Texas, right? Like, you don't yep. need motivation to get up for Texas. This is a team that struggled there, Rodney. I mean, they they got losses to West Virginia, Iowa State, um, you know, Kansas State, Texas Tech. So they're struggling a little bit here in the conference. This will be huge for them to be able to right the ship up in their hometown, dude. It really is. And there's going to be a lot of emotion. I mean, it is. I mean, they're going to bring it. I mean, because this is for the foreseeable future, the last time that they're going to get to have not only Texas at home, but probably the last time they're going to get to play the Texas Longhorns. And and so you know that they're going to be bringing it. Wags, we sat here and we talked about, I don't think you and I did it so much, but a lot of the pundits talked about how Texas was going to steamroll Houston. How'd that wind up? And and I think that's the, that's the whole thing that that's going to be the case the rest of the way. I mean, I heard uh, I heard one of the guys from the Four Letter Network talking about how Texas is, you know, they're punching their way into the playoffs with what's left on the schedule. I'm sorry, I I, I think that with the schedule that's left, it is very much a path that would be more. Um, uh, conducive my word to them getting in the playoffs and getting getting to the big 12 championship and getting into the playoffs. but man I, I am not away. i am not giving anything away at this point no i mean everything's going to be earned i don't think that texas is going to be punching their way in at all i mean you know you talk about uh why well, is that like a is that like a a jab at at a favorable schedule or something like that because i, I wouldn't say that I mean, hell, you know, you went through your stalwarts in the beginning of the year. I mean, it's nice to have somewhat of a lull in your 
in your schedule before yeah. you get to yeah. uh, conference play, was, right? Wags, it was it was it was a jab that the schedule is favorable with what's 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 left, and and it would appear that way. It would appear that way, and I forget which dude it is because I I, I listen to all this stuff and I'm like, like I don't I, really. I, I, don't I have the like TCU went thirteen and two and had a pretty damn good year last year, right? Like it's not our fault that they got drafted and had to reload a lot of a lot of talent, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like and, I mean, only three. I think three returning starters or whatnot going into the season on offense you know what i mean like that's called a reload man um mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that texas is playing cupcakes in the in their latter portion of no. the season i just no. think it, it it kind of you know panned out that way bro and and here's here's the other part of that i, I mean i only bring that up because that's the stuff that we see but i mean th this very much this team this program right now has to be that whole week by week thing right now i mean that sure. whole we're going to be one and all this week that's stupid, but it's so damn on point right now. And especially like like BK and I were talking about yesterday, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, these elite teams, and Texas is one right now. I, I don't care what you say. There's a lot of really good one-loss teams right now. Texas is one of them. They are winning ugly. Look in the NFL. It changes week to week. That's what's happening. I mean, how many people had USC going to be just unbelievable? Dude, they're like – they're – What's I mean, their defense? They don't have any – when you can't play D, Rodney, and you can't right. stop the opposition from scoring, that's you're going right. to struggle. Unless you're and, and scoring like 50-some points, you know, every week. So That's right. And that's called be being able to struggle. And that's called being exposed. And that's, what hap that's what's happening to a lot of these teams. As much as I hate to give Alabama credit for anything, those some bitches right there, since they lost in Tuscaloosa to Texas, look at them. Yeah, look well, it's them. also the quarterback play of Milrow. I think Milrow is starting to figure it out now, man. Um being able to use his legs. I think three rushing touchdowns. I can't remember the last time I saw Alabama do that. Um, but yeah, now that uh, now that they've found out how to use their weapon, their dynamic weapon uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama could be making a run at this thing and, and you know, shutting Georgia up just a little Come bit. In. We'll see that. That's still a lot got to unfold here in the SEC and in the Big 12. Uh, I also want to hear real quick um, on from Sarkeesian on yours. But before that, let's hear from our friends or let's hear about our friends um, at Covert bk my guy that's right because that that is one thing where there is no parody because the covert family and covert bk best dealership best dealership you're going to find 42 acres out there in beautiful bk's beautiful drive out 71 make your way out there three state-of-the-art dealerships ready to take care of you new and pre-owned i mean you, you dan covert's like giving out his personal cell phone number right now and like i was talking about i follow covert b cave on facebook and i see where dan covert pops up this incredible deal and like two hours later it's like that that one's gone on to the next one that's how quick it happens over there at, at covert bk because they are hooking you up that great seven state-of-the-art uh, or three state-of-the-art dealerships with seven great brands of oems buicks gmc's cadillac chrysler's dodge jeeps and rams covert ford and chevrolet and hutto BK threw me a NASCAR reference yesterday, dude. He was like, how about those Fords? They all won the NASCAR championships. And I said, man, go to Hutto and you can get one of those Fords because they have them at Covert Ford and Hutto. And, of course, the Ford and Lincoln, uh, you have them in Austin. And at Covert BK, they service every make and model. Uh, 86 service bays, minimal weights right there, in and out of there. They're going to get you in there. Take your laptop over there, free Wi-Fi, go over there, do a little bit of work, and, you, and you'll be out uh, just lickety-split. CovertBK.com, they'll set you up with your new and pre-owned uh, weekly specials. Weekly specials. Don't wait for President's Day. Don't wait for Flag Day. Don't wait for all these holidays. It's every week they're going to hook you up right there. The Covert family serving 
thousands, millions of Central Texans since 1909. The Covert family, nobody beats Covert deal. Not now. Sure. Hell, not ever, my man. All right, Coach Sark, let's hear from you about yours and his injury update. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably heard a little bit from from yesterday. Let's hear one more time. Yeah, so uh, Quinn, uh, like I said, he he started to throw a little bit last week. Um, he threw again today. Um, to me, it's more day-to-day at this point, you know, where a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, was kind of week-to-week. Uh, today's more day-to-day, um, and I got it. you know, I have to continue to see how he feels. You know, ultimately, this is a – how does he feel? You know, I, I can't, you know, that he, the doctors, what does it feel like? Where is he at? Um, I can give my assessment on the capability to operate our offense, but ultimately, how does he feel? And so we'll navigate this week. Thank you, Sarkeesian. I love it. You. you know what that is? Man, you're sitting. <laughs> Just say, hell, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> That's all you got to say, Sark. Dude. Just say, man, I don't know. He's going to be ready when he's going to be ready, man. It's like, That's man, you you take the weekend. You're going out camping. You're sitting there. You got your fishing pole over there. You're you're baiting you you're baiting your your hook and all that shit. And you're like, you're fishing. That that's what he's doing. He's just throwing shit out there. He's like, and maybe he's gonna be ready. Maybe he's not. And, and TCU's over there trying to figure out what the hell they're gonna do. Yeah, you know and and to Jake's point here, like this TCU team sucks. Bet your ass that they're gonna be full try hard and well, yeah. go for the last time this season. No, I'm with you guys, and and that's kind of what we're saying here, man. Like. I, I don't like to think that the opposition's just going to come out and lay an egg because I always no. try to I always try to see the possibilities of what potentially could go wrong. Um and that way, you know, usually you're prepared for it and uh that way when things do start to go in the trend of of fault or something bad, you know how to to correct it immediately and right the ship and and you know, avoid you know, adversity. Uh but but this is a this is a very bad TCU team. I mean, there's just no there's just no other way to to get around it. I mean, you know, you can't lie with what you see on the field every Saturday, man. And they just yeah, you know, as good as 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 scheming and as good as a you know um, an organization that that Dykes can put together, it, the personnel is just not there this year. I mean, I mean, when you got to reload like that and you only have three returning starters coming back at the beginning of the season, man, it, it it's tough for you to get anything, any type of rhythm that you had, you know, that magic that you were able yeah. to create, you know, last year. It, it's tough, man. I mean, hell, you're losing, you know, one, you know, your speed demon QJ, he's gone, you know, um, you know, uh, the Heisman, your your Heisman. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, trophy right. runner up, uh, Doug. I mean, Doug too. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent that's not on this roster, and you had to supplement it, man. Don't expect that that's going to be able to turn right back over in the in the next year, in the following year. It's probably going to be two, maybe three years before the Horn Frogs actually get back to consistent winning football, man. And and you know, I, I don't think it's going to be able to replicate, or I don't think the Horn Frogs are going to be able to replicate what they did last year for a very long time. I thought that was kind of an anomaly year for them. Yeah, and you know the 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 matchups. I mean, it, it, obviously, a lot of them seem seem to favor Texas, but you know, Amani Bailey them. is all uh, all of yeah. them, in uh, my uh, opinion. What, what they do well on offense, Amani Bailey's got nine hundred and thirty seven yards on the season. Well, yeah. you know what. Texas has a really good front. And, you know, we, we sat here and we talked about that yesterday. They struggled to throw the football. Um, so all of that, all of that lines up extremely well. But, you know, the whole thing is, this is 
this is college football. This is a 6.30 game in Fort Worth. Um, I, I think if it was a 2.30, 2.30 game, yeah, you know, but it's going to be a pretty electric atmosphere that's going to be going on there in, in, in Fort Worth, you know, for the Horn Frogs right there. I mean, they, they they really want this one. I mean, it's the same shit like we talked about with all of these teams. I mean, Texas should roll through this. Yeah, if, if Texas doesn't roll, we have a lot of – we have so many problems. Not only are we are we not going to contend for the playoff if we lose this thing, but we were nowhere near the caliber of program that we thought we were. Or maybe everybody just has their hiccups and slides, but you should not have that against this team or, no. or a, a team that, that struggles this bad. I mean, a West Virginia loss, a Texas Tech loss, uh, you know, Iowa State. Uh, the only I think the only team uh, – BYU in their last five is, is yeah. what they have. Uh, yeah, I just and, I can't remember what the order of their damn right, uh, the order right. of their season, but but four losses in their last five, Rodney. And, and the whole thing is with the swags. I, I mean, I know a lot of the you know talking right there about uh, you know with yours. I mean, what what's the deal? You know, uh, whatever. I mean, the whole thing is yes, Malik Murphy struggled at times, a lot of times on Saturday against uh, Kansas State. This ain't Kansas State. I mean, yeah, but I mean, this is a team that they still they return seven starters on defense. So you'd like to think that a good core of their nucleus is is in place there. Um, yeah. Supplementing, you know, you still got to supplement huge pieces that the defense, you know, lost. But I mean, they still have a good chunk of their core there. It 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 could be really good. I don't think that Malik's going to struggle that no. much as he did no. against Kansas State. Uh, but to your point. But I, I think this it's still going to be a formidable defense. I think it's going to be a great challenge for him, man. And he could be a, one of those confident games, right, to where he goes out there and he knows he feels a little bit of the pressure, right, and he starts hitting those checkdowns that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. there's, I heard sound on um, from Sark about you know how he would like to have uh, Murphy run a little bit more with the ball and make better decisions. I thought Murphy, Murphy, you know, usually makes decent decisions with the checkdowns and going through his progressions. I just thought it got, you know, the confidence got a little bit away from him on Saturday. He, I mean, he was feeling it, dude. And when I when I say you're feeling, dude, let your quarterback eat until he proves you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Of course, could have been like four or five interceptions. We know that, but you know, be as it may, it didn't end up that way, bro. And and he, I thought he played fantastic. Still got to dial it back just a little bit. And, and I think this really is a this is a game where he can where, where he can bounce back. I mean, look, man, he won the game. It's a bottom line. I mean, and 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 that's that's really the one thing that I kept going back to Sunday, even into yesterday that I was talking about right there. It's like, man, you, you came out and you beat a really good football team. You, you found a way to win. And and he, I mean, he is the leader of the football. This is Malik's team until we are told otherwise. And for the foreseeable future, it appears that it is going to be Malik's team. And this is where you lean on Jonathan Brooks. This is where yeah, you lean you on go. all of that right there. I mean, utilize those weapons. And Wags, this is where I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on what you were talking about and what Jake mentioned right there about going into the middle right there because that's the easier stuff for him. All of the, 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 the back foot throws and all the different things that we're talking about, that's the deep shit. That seems to be what gets him in trouble. And I mean, the other stuff right there, just make it more manageable for him. And right. and I think this is a very good, this is a very good confidence building game. I think that can happen for Malik Murphy because he is going to be your guy moving forward at this at point. At least for the next two games. I would for the next I two games like at least. At least. Yep. Um, and, and being that I was going to ask you, what would you like to see moving forward from Sarkeesian? But you kind of answered my question there. Lean on your running game. Let Jonathan Brooks eat. You know, we talk about that. You, you know, you and I all the time, uh, every, 
it almost feels like every Saturday, oh, establish the run, establish the run. It's probably because it works, man. And when you got two uh, sensational running backs like that, not to mention, you know, Blue can get it done too. So uh, I I love this running back room, which was the biggest question for me coming into this season was how are we going to be able to supplement uh, Bijan and Roshan? So um, – I can tell you one thing, Wags. I can tell you one thing. I, I, this dude right here, Murphy, he has developed some kind of chemistry with AD Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, so, so go back. He's used to a that. lot more. He uses AD Mitchell a lot more than yours does. Absolutely, that is his dude right there. I mean, right. we can talk about Xavier Worthy and, and Jatavion Sanders, and and I mean all of these guys. But man, I'll tell you what, man. These last, I mean, hell, look, look. I mean, he he. A.D. Mitchell was already, you know, a projected first round pick or whatever in, in different sources that you look at. But now, dude, his draft stock is just like oh. boom, 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 boom. And, and, and yeah. And two double R men, you'd like to think with Quinn being able to sit back and, and get a bird's eye view from this, right? Or get a, you know, get an outer look, an outer perspective at this and seeing able or seeing you know, Murphy be able to use the toy chest a little bit differently than than what yeah. yours has, it's going to open up a little bit more of yours game too, right? Yours is not just, you know, seeing, uh, you know, seeing, you know, game film on the Longhorns, but he's seeing what other people, what other people can utilize out of that toy chest as well. I yeah. think it's going to actually bode well for Quinn Ewers when he comes back and gets, a, and gets a job back. If that's the case, I mean, who knows? Murphy could blow the doors off this thing and start playing elite quarterback football. That's just me being optimistic here. You know what I'm saying? Um, Wags, for the second time since he's been the starting quarterback in the first quarter last Saturday, I'm like, well, shit, maybe this guy needs to be starting. Yeah, but then, you know, then he's he's starting to get a little bit away from there. That's the one thing that I do like about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers seems like he's protecting the ball or seems like he protected the ball a lot more. Um, Murphy can slay it, that's for sure. We've seen the, you know, the arm strength. We've seen the arm talent. We just got to work on, you know, making sure that we're keeping this thing a little bit tighter to the chest there. I love, you know, taking, you know, the leash off of him and allowing him to go eat, but you got to be able to know when the time is right, man. Um, However, I commend Stark for allowing him to feel the confidence and allowing him to let the flow, letting him feel the force, as I like to say, Rodney. Hey, you know what else you can feel the force with? Audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. You can watch uh, all types of Star Wars on any type of television that audiovisual can provide. You can also watch your sports. You can watch Marvel. I, I know that there's uh, a new Marvel movie coming out you know, at the end of the week there. Um, but why waste your time and go to the theater when you can watch everything right on the TV screen that audiovisual consultations provides for you? 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. Go to the gallery of projects that they've done on their website over the past 35 years since 1988, setting the standard in audiovisual automation, and you can get an idea of what you want in your house if you don't have one already. I got the two screens. Uh, BK's got four screens, and then downstairs, I got a home theater system as well for the family fun night. Make sure you're giving them a call, 512-255-8678. That's adconsultations.com. That's All right. right, real quick. I know everybody's been talking about, you know, throwing their arms up in the air uh, about the lack of calls that we have been getting um, from officials, right? And and guys, I see it too. I mean, everybody that watches the, the tape, everybody that watches the screen and sees the game, you know, sees our defensive linemen being held every damn play. I mean, they are held. Rod, I'm not, this isn't, you know, a hyperbolic statement. You go back and watch the film. They are being held every play. And I know that there's holding that goes on in football all the time, yeah. but these are... These are noticeable penalties. I mean, r- very 
very noticeable penalties in front of the official that's in the backfield. I mean, the, the head official making the call, and yet there are no calls. I mean, I'm seeing sweat being dragged down by his by the back of his horse collar sometimes, man, and still nothing is being called. Obvious, obvious calls that you could throw the, the laundry out in the field and listen to Don Henley, man, but nothing, dude, nothing to the Longhorns avail. Here's Sarkeesian on the lack of calls that the opposition um, is is causing. Um, as far as what's called and what's not, I, you know, a couple things I know this. In my opinion, we have the two most dominant defensive interior linemen in the country, uh, and if if not the country in our conference, and I'm not sure if they've gotten a holding penalty called on either of them yet this year. So I, I'm not sure how that adds up, but I just got to keep getting those guys to play hard and be committed to to trying to affect the game, the run game, the pass game that way. And the same same when we throw the football. I, I mean, I, I I love when I line up and I see one and five out there together. I know they're a problem for our opponents, and so. So uh, I recognize people are going to do things to try to minimize their effectiveness to the game. Um, and, and we're going to take advantage of those opportunities when they're there. If things get called, they get called. If they don't, we just don't have a lot of time to, to, to complain about it. We've got to go on to the next play. And the moment we start getting caught up in that, then it's going to start to affect their play and, and our play to call the things necessary. So, um, you know, it, it's the way it goes. And, and I've said this all along, like we need to focus on what we need to do and, and not get caught up in what's getting called and what's not. Yeah, real quick on that, just to piggyback off of Sarkeesian right there. If you leave it into the officials' hands on Saturday, uh, Rodney, usually you're going to lose the game. Uh, you got to take care of what you need to do, what Sarkeesian was saying. Um, just just take care of business, dude. That's it. Um, yeah. If you're really worried about the calls, man, then you're not taking care of business. And that's, yeah. uh, what, un, that's what it comes un, down to. Un, unpopular statement, because especially with football games being as close as they are right now. But if if you've put yourself in a position to where it's going to be a holding call or whatever call that is going to cost you a football game, you haven't you haven't done your job. You haven't established dominance. No, I agree with you. But sometimes it does come down to the last play of the game. Like, I do get that. It Um, does. It does. But even – But but it is really obvious. To the the referees, you know, credit – it's hard to – it's hard to determine someone's play on the last play of the game when you've been letting – a team go the entire time i like yeah. i'm i just want consistent that that was the only thing i ever wanted when i was playing is i know i was going to get bad calls but just be consistent with it man yeah. you know what i mean like and especially be fair and we all see it it's just not happening like sark had a really good point two dominant defensive linemen and they haven't been you know held yeah. once yeah. apparently and all season just, long so and we'll just kind of two points to that i mean how how good are these guys that they're doing what they're doing and they're nothing no there's not a holding call that that's getting called against them and and then kind of the other thing the other thing with that right there is you know i, I was sitting there watching you know in the nfl uh, other thing ou's getting some shitty calls too and it pains me to say that so it uh it really seems like um <laughs> but um you know watching watching Mike, a, i'm wearing crimson is that what like oh yeah man you well okay well uh micah parsons on sunday i mean it, it's it's kind of one of those things like uh, who was it that, that said we have a tackling epidemic was that mac you know they're tackling uh tackling epi- epidemic and you mentioned it there's uh not a lot of holding calls or a lot of holding calls that are missed i mean it but but yes it's painfully obvious with these 
with this Texas front. It's like, God damn, come on, man. Every now and then throw us a bone here. I mean, maybe just a little really bit. Jay thinks Quinn comes back next week. Double R. I don't, I, I think maybe, I think that's rushing him a little bit. I think, you know, maybe two to three weeks is what I'm thinking, Jake, just to be safe. Hey, before we get out of here, man, let's talk about our friends at great blue Heron furniture, my guy. And we were talking about comfortable. Comfortable is great blue hair and furniture. Custom leather uh, furniture company started uh, back in 1991 was great blue hair and furniture. Focusing on heavy leathers, hides, fabrics ranging from traditional uh, Western to modern farmhouses. Just unbelievable stuff. I got to tell you guys, this stuff is beautiful. Um, also, the highest quality furniture that you're going to find. This isn't your beach house stuff. Don't be putting this out in your condo. It's going to get all beat up. This, But it won't get beat up because it's that high quality. But this is the stuff you want in your formal home. I mean, you want this in your living room. Cannot, will not find anything more comfortable or better built. There's actually a link right here, and we talk about it every day. It's in this YouTube video. You go up there, uh, hit the doggo right there. It's there. It'll take you to our collection. Use the promo code HOOKEM, 15% off of your purchase and not only that, BK is going to send you one of those last stand hats. So uh, kind of a double uh, a double win for you right there. If you're looking furniture uh, for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, not weeks, not months, not days, decades. It is great blue hair and furniture. Look no further than them. Hit that link there or call them at 866-247-9688. They will take care of you. You'll be glad you got together. Double whammy. That's all double I want to that's all I, like, I want to see that, see that double like there. That. That's the only you thing I want to say right there, man. You ever watch Press Your Luck? What the hell show? is that guy's name? What? Champ. Champ. Peter, Peter Tamarkin. Oh. oh. Champ. No, not Peter Tamarkin. What are you, where the hell are you going? Oh, I was talking about Press Your Luck, the game show. No, dude. When I said no. whammy. When I said whammy. That's what I was talking oh, about. Oh, no, man. I'm doing like Anchorman shit. Oh. Oh, I'm over here yeah. talking about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, man. It is 11 o'clock. 11.01. Chaos Theory has been done. Um, Thank you guys for tuning into the show. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Double. So, hey, there he is. There's our guy. 